I just need like 10 hours if I'm gonna look fresh-faced. We get it, you work. I'm the lead, I, I set the tone. The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is The Big Lead. I don't think 10 years would do it for me. Coming to you from the Carter Subaru studio, welcome, welcome. Let me try that again. Welcome. That's ah, not going to come out. Welcome to our top stories this hour. We like to call it The Big Lead. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you for all the... I, You know, Nicole, we usually get uh, a good mix of very nice texts and hate texts. But I think the uh, my voice is creating some sympathy because it seems to be more like uh, 90-10 nice texts today. Wow. Well, Nobody I- wants to pick on the infirmed. I like the Nick, I think it's Nick Nolte. I like that comparison. Well, yeah, yeah, Dory's those... not here. That's Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody thinks that my voice sounds just like Nick Nolte today. Last week on Friday, uh, I, I tried to make pretend that I was sounded like Barry White, but that actually seemed to repulse and nauseate the listeners mm-hmm. when I tried to pull that off. So, uh, but, but if, if there's somebody else, do I sound a little like Paul Moyer right now? Mm. <clears throat> nah, well, now that raspy. you mention it, I can hear that similarity, but he's not as raspy. He's just. I have well, Nick Paul, Nolte Paul's... as a comparison if you want to do that. Uh, and Nick Nolte, okay. Is yeah, there... it's a need in the sense I can't find anything as complex and interesting to do. That's pretty I can't close. find anything as complex and interesting to do. He's a little bit more close. wobbly, I think, so you're not quite there yet. <clears throat> well, it's because I'm such a young buck. Here, I exactly. Can something from Paul here, too. Hang on. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. What'd you get from Might Paul? take me just a second. Uh, let's, let's save it. Let, let's save. Oh, here. Here's a good idea. Let's save it, and we'll ask the listeners who is my celebrity sound alike today. Wouldn't that be fun? And then you could pull maybe two or three others, and we'll see uh, which one is the closest. Oh, yeah. Sounds so fun. Oh, it sounds okay. like great radio mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. Highest rated local news talk show in the United States of America. Something to look forward to. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have that for you coming up if you stick around. <laughs> That's how we uh, hold people for extra quarter hours. Um, yeah, I was talking about the value of hard work that uh, – You know, we've got so many jobs now. I was talking about all the Twitter jobs that are disappearing. And these are people who just didn't work very hard. Sadly, uh, you become expendable if your company is just giving you perk after perk after perk and you're not returning benefit to your company. I thought this was very entertaining. I really enjoy comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. And he was, this looks like it's New York City. I'm not sure. It's a downtown area with lots of high skyscrapers. And he's in his hotel room. And right across the way from him is probably, I don't know, 60, 70-story building. And there are two guys basically on ropes. And they're on about the, I don't know, 40th, 50th floor. And their job is they, with a pulley, they pull up a piece of plywood and then they put it down and they climb up another level 
and then they pull up another piece of plywood and put it down, and they are just two guys by hand constructing scaffolding about 50 stories up. Now, you compare this to a lot of the phony baloney jobs that you hear about at Twitter and Meta and all the high-tech companies that were just scrambling for um, for workers, so they were letting them play ping pong and, and beer pong all day. They had yoga sessions and you name it. A lot of cornhole, too. So here's Sebastian Maniscalco doing a little bit of play-by-play of two blue-collar, hard-working guys. Good morning, people. Take a look at these two. Built the whole scaffolding before 9 a.m. Has some shimmy system in place to bring materials right up to the platform. What are you doing this morning? In your mother's basement? Crying? Complaining? That the world's against you? You can't find a job? You know why? You're in your mother's basement. And and by the way, everything that Sebastian Maniscalco says is funny. Just because of his delivery, his attitude, his accent, everything that he says is funny. I I think he's one of the funniest comedians working today. Watching TikTok. Watching people dance up on Instagram. Look at this. Look what's coming up. What's coming up? You know what's coming up? Man, that's what's coming up. It's what makes the country go round. These two guys. And you're in your basement complaining. Stop listening to motivational speakers. Oh, you got to manifest. You know what you got to do? You got to orange sweaters on. Get yourself 23 stories up. Grab a piece of plywood and start building. This is what America's all about, people. These two guys right here. Take notice. Yes, yes. I've worked every one of those jobs, and I love that he was shining a spotlight on that. Hey, I've got a very, ooh, controversial topic. Somebody last week says, Dory, I can't believe you even brought up the great replacement theory, because that'll get you fired. And I, I don't know anything about the great replacement theory. I don't study it. I don't, I've never looked into it. But here's what I know. I know that there are some people who have been espousing the great replacement theory. And what it is, is that there is a very conscious effort underway in our country to replace native-born Americans with illegal immigrants and to get illegals the right to vote, and that eventually the Democrats can completely tilt the voting scales so that they'll never lose another election because they've replaced all of the the Americans born in this country with people who are illegals who are given a path to citizenship. That's essentially the great replacement theory, as I understand it. Like I say, I haven't looked into it much. But this is what, and so I'm not espousing one thing or another, but I think this is absolutely hilarious. So uh, I, I guess it's something that Tucker Carlson has talked about. And CBS News and the New York Times correspondent that they had on, they did a feature on Great Replacement and how it's just this vast right-wing conspiracy 
they had a little congressional montage. Appears to them is we're replacing national-born American, native-born Americans per- to permanently transform the political landscape. Is it really they want to remake the demographics of America to ensure they're, that they stay in power forever? They can't win re-election in 2022 unless they bring in a large number of new voters to replace the voters that are already here. That's what this is about. We have an invasion in this country. Okay, so that's the theory, the great replacement theory, is that Democrats would like to replace native-born American voters with voters who have been illegally in this country and are given a path to citizenship. So I just found this from a couple of weeks ago. This, This is hilarious. So CBS News, they had a New York Times reporter on, and they talked about that montage of Republicans that I just played for you. So, Nick, what are the key words here i imagine invasion is one mm-hmm. replace or the sense of some sort of demographic onslaught those are the kind of things to perk our ears right. up for that's right and in that last statement you heard uh, that somehow the democrats are trying to bring in a new class of voters in time to win this fall okay and they said this is an outrageous conspiracy theory the Democrats are trying to do this. That's the problem with this theory. So we've gone from a discussion of a, a hard and intractable policy problem uh, to a conspiracy theory about how elites are engineering this whole thing to destroy America. And that's what's so potent and toxic. Okay, well, I haven't heard anybody say it's to destroy America. I, I've heard that it's to control elections. So I played this last week, and I said... Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, right after the midterms, he said, he's a Democrat, he said exactly what the so-called conspiracy theorists on the right have been saying was their goal. And Chuck Schumer said, yes, this is our goal. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers, and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Okay, so let's get a path for citizenship to the 11 million illegal immigrants in this country. That is exactly what the great replacement theory is. But when a Republican says it, it is some tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. When Chuck Schumer says it, it's applause and noble, and oh, what a great man he is. You know what's interesting about that? I have since found a soundbite of Chuck Schumer in 2009. Now, you heard the soundbite I just played, that he wants a path to citizenship so 11 million illegals in this country can vote. That's what he just said. Here's the exact same man, Chuck Schumer, in 2009. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Until the American people are convinced that we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we will make no progress on dealing with the millions of illegal immigrants who are here now and on rationalizing our system of legal immigration. So just a few years ago, he said illegal immigration is wrong and we have to deal with it. And now today he says, hey, let's encourage, let's incentivize illegal immigrants 
to sneak into this country by giving them the vote. And then they say that anybody who has been shining a light on this the last couple of years is a conspiracy theorist. That's what CBS News and the New York Times has been saying, which shows you just what stinking hypocrites they are if they don't shine the same light on Chuck Schumer and the 180 that he's done for political purposes. Now, one other thing before I get to, I get, I'm almost done with the big lead. I'm gonna before I get to it. I was uh, talking earlier about the horrible tragedy in uh, South Center, where this weekend, Friday night, six thirty, a husband and wife were walking out to their car in a parking garage, and they saw what appeared to be a car prowl, and they yelled out, they called out. And the car prowler allegedly turned his gun on the husband and wife, shot and killed the husband, and the wife is now a widow. And I said, what do you do? If you're sick of the crime, if you see somebody committing a crime, do you get involved at all and risk what happened to this husband? Or do you keep on walking? And I got a text from Andres, who's a great, loyal listener and a frequent texter. And Andres tells us he's a disabled Iraq veteran. And he says, about crimes, and if I would try to do or say something, I always carry a Glock 9mm, Dory. If I'm alone, I'd think that I would say something and possibly have my gun out. If I'm with my family, I would not do anything unless the criminals try something to me directly. I'd call the police, but they don't do anything. All police do is give us tickets because they know those who work can and must pay the tickets. Hardworking people are targets here by the governor with dumb tickets and by criminals. That's probably a reasonable standard. If you're by yourself and you know what you're doing, you can think about intervening. Isn't it sad that that's where we have come as a region? that we have to decide if we want to say anything when we see evil in our midst. All right, with that as mere prelude, let's get to the big lead. The big lead, your tax dollars at work. There was a story that came out late last week. I just didn't have time to get to it. But it is another massive exposure of the homelessness industrial complex in our region. Uh, The guy who runs the homelessness complex for King County and the entire region is a guy named Mark Dones. Now, Mark Dones, according to people who've been in meetings with him, who are my sources, say that he is not ready for this job, that he is incompetent at this job. And in fact, he was not their first choice. The first choice for King County Regional Homelessness Director said they didn't want any part of this. And they said no. So they had to go down the list and they end up at Mark Dones, who is just not ready. He, he speaks like a 13 year old. Uh, he's, you know, throws in a lot of up talking and a lot of likes and all of that. Well, Mark Dones and the King County Regional Homeless Authority, they have announced now that they put out a budget that assumed they were going to get almost $10 million from the feds for COVID funds. But it turns out those funds are gone. 
and the feds aren't sending us $10 million. So now he is asking the taxpayers of this region to, as they say in political talk, backfill it. What that means is give us our money to cover for my mistake. Uh, he says, and there's a quote in the on Wednesday, I'm not going to do that government thing and try to spin some error into something else. There was an error, but we're not saying, oopsies, fix it. And I hope that our partners are characterizing this as collaborative solving rather than a sort of abdication of responsibility. No, we're not getting any bang for our buck. We are spending a billion dollars a year in Seattle and King County for a problem that you're supposed to solve, and it's getting worse and worse and worse every year. I don't know any entity that could spend $100 million on a problem and see the problem get worse every succeeding year and then have the audacity to say, oh, we screwed up something. Give us uh, $10 million more. This is outrageous. Until the homelessness industrial complex gets torn down to the studs, until we stop making us the moth lamp for the rest of the nation to attract homeless drug vagrants from around the country to come here because we're the land of milk and honey, the problem will get worse and worse and worse. And when you have incompetent people at the top trying to run the system, then you get what you pay for, although he's getting paid a lot. We're not even getting close to what we paid for. And that is your big lead this hour. The big lead on Cairo Radio. Okay, we're getting some uh, texts on my celebrity sound alike today. I can't wait to hear that. And then also, the witch hunt against local law enforcement continues in our region. I will explain right after we check the news here on the Dory Monson Show. Down in Pierce County, sad times. Over the weekend, Tacoma hit an all-time high in murders. They had two more murders early this morning down there. So what are they spending their time on? Well, little witch hunt of law enforcement begins today. Jury selection is underway in a misdemeanor trial with Pierce County Sheriff Ed Troyer. Ed Troyer's accused of making a a call, an exaggerated call to 911 about a newspaper delivery guy that he saw in his neighborhood at 2 in the morning. And this is a misdemeanor that Troyer is facing. Now, I will tell you, I have, I cannot remember the last time I heard of a jury trial for a misdemeanor. Our courts are flooded with cases, and they don't have time to try all the vicious, violent felonies that come before the court. But Bob Fergie Ferguson, our attorney general, and Jay Inslee, they have, because they hate law enforcement, but more importantly, they hate independently elected law enforcement. For example, in King County, Patty Cole Tyndall, sadly, is a puppet of Dow Constant. She has no freedom as King County Sheriff. She has no sovereignty. And everything she does in law enforcement has to be run by a politician. 
Now, 38 of the 39 counties in the state realize that's no way to run a sheriff's office. But King County is the only office now where the sheriff is appointed, not elected. Well, down in Pierce County, Troyer got overwhelmingly elected as sheriff. And that makes him tougher to control. And now they're just doing this witch hunt of a trial when they have resources that should be going for all the murders that are happening down in Pierce County. But they are actually going to seat a jury for a misdemeanor trial. And I, I need to find out how often they have juror misdemeanor trials because I'm guessing it hardly ever happens. But this is what happens when law enforcement has become the sworn enemy in the minds of our governor and our attorney general. There's going to be some interesting stuff that comes out in this case about some of the tactics that Bob Ferguson has employed, about some of the resources that they're throwing at this. We'll follow it very closely. But uh, I will tell you that if you just believe the surface stuff that you get from many in the media, You're not going to be getting a very clear picture of what's going on down there because this is very much a witch hunt against an elected official who Bob Ferguson and Jay Inslee want to control. And when you have people at the very top, the most powerful, those are the two most powerful offices in the state of Washington, governor and attorney general. And when they set their sights and throw unlimited resources at their pathological hatred of law enforcement, we'll see what happens. But I'm going to be watching it very closely as this trial unfolds. I guarantee you that. A little earlier this afternoon, me with my poor little raspy voice here, uh, one listener said that I sounded like Nick Nolte today. So uh, I was asking if I have any other celebrity sound-alikes today. We have, do we have some other celebrity sound-alikes for me, Nicole? We do. Okay, let's see here. Well, the one that I suggested, I thought maybe I sound like uh, my good friend Paul Moyer, who uh, former Seahawk player, coach, pre and post, still does that. Well, Say it, Paul. I, I, you, I was losing you there for a <laughs> Where's he going with this? I was losing you there. Close? It's closer than I was thinking it was going to be, yes. Yeah, I, th- I think I've got a little Moyer in me. Yeah, uh, yeah a little see. bit. Because he, I guess he does sound like he's struggling sometimes. <laughs> struggling? Well, yeah, when you, when you have to put a lot of effort into speaking, I don't think he actually does. But that's what it sounds like in that cut. You know, he's, yeah. he's putting some effort into it. Let's see, uh, actor Gary Busey. I tried to talk her into going to Texas with me to ride a horse backwards, but she vetoed that. That doesn't sound like <laughs> me at all today. <laughs> well, when he gets going to Texas to ride a horse backwards with me. Ah, that's nothing there. That's not bad. It's not bad. This one makes no sense. Now, what starts with the letter C? <laughs> Cookie starts with C. <laughs> I, don't think, I, I, couldn't, I don't think I could do that. That, that is the most bad. accurate. <laughs> Cookie starts start with C. You didn't even have to try. Just say it regular. Don't try to be him. Hold on. Let me hear the now, thing. what starts with the letter C? Now let's now what starts with the letter C? Cookies start with C. <laughs> okay, well, that wasn't as great, but 
Well, there see. are some points in the show where you have sounded a lot like Cookie Monster. I'll give her that. You seek me out. Something deep well, in your ridiculous. soul. I don't sound at all like Janice from Friends. <laughs> but we'll wrap up this funny little segment that isn't funny at all with uh, George Carlin, who long before COVID nailed how Americans treat germs. But that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing, germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from? in this country. Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and and Americans are, they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous and it goes to ridiculous lengths in prisons. Before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. He was so brilliant. And uh, I think with time, we're starting to realize even more how brilliant George Carlin was. And the fact that he was doing stuff like that before COVID was either uh, even a glimmer in our eyes shows you just how brilliant the man was. But that is absolutely hilarious. We might have a couple more um, going into awesome audio because I just got a couple more suggestions that are pretty good. We'll have celebrities. Well, do I need to screen these? Because Janice <laughs> from Friends was unbelievably weak. I'm, I'm just the messenger. Well, I know. I'm not blaming you. No, but we're, uh, I'm giving, you know, I think it's her high, the high notes is what they were comparing so you, you to. Do you have a couple others for me to try to do? Well, in the next segment, yes, I'm going to pull oh. them. Oh, one of them's pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought you'd I, like that. I think one of them might be a winner. I know. Okay, <laughs> let me take a quick time out here. Uh, we'll, we'll check some more celebrity sound-alikes. And then our favorite sound bites of the day, Awesome Audio, coming up next here on the Dory Monson Show. Stretch we come. What a day, what a show, what a show, what a day. All right, before I get to today's awesome audio, so uh, listeners are very creatively texting in saying who my celebrity sound alike is today, or who I sound most like with my voice trashed like this. Uh, here's one suggestion. Uh, I could pull a better cartoon out of my ear. <laughs> hey, whoa, wasn't that great, kids? I could buy, pull a better cartoon out of my head. Hey, hey, well, that great kids. One's pretty good. Is that pretty close? Pretty that good. Felt yeah. pretty close. Yeah. I wasn't even trying to do Crusty. I was just doing me today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was... I don't. I don't think this next one is going to work. We can try. I can't take it anymore. If I gotta choke down on one more of those moldy, disgusting crackers. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Nah, I don't think that works. I think Gilbert Gottfried was very funny. So we have I'm a guessing. Go- oh, go ahead. I'm guessing this next one's going to be pretty close. Might be. 
Okay, let's see. Let's, let's and then I have a surprise got. one for you. It's kind of funny. Oh, bless your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only class in this act is sitting next to me, and I'm here to tell you, this boy's soul is intact. The only class in this act is sitting next to me. That's pretty good, isn't it, Al Pacino? Yeah, that one's pretty good, I think. Okay. So the surprise one, somebody mentioned that you sound a little like producer Jacob from uh, John's show, John and Sherry's really? show. So I have him in studio. Hi, Dory. I don't. I don't. I didn't come with a script of anything I should say. But do I sound? Do you think I sound like you? I'm not sure. I don't think I today sound anything like you. That's yeah, true. Yeah. That's a little raspy. <laughs> We're both. A little, yeah, clearly, still both a little under, under it. Is is John back on today? He he'll be back. Yeah, that's right. Is, is his voice back? He said sa- I talked to him on the phone today. He sounded all right. He sounded better okay. than me. But okay. Jacob always sounds a little raspy, though, and I do agree <laughs> wow. with this listener. He does okay. sound, you do sound a little like Jacob. <laughs> he doesn't sound raspy like I sound today. It's a unique raspy. Ja- Jacob, you have a you have a very pleasant mellifluous voice. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Not not today, word. but yeah, I'm going to use that okay. later. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. With all that in spirit prelude, let's count down our favorite sound bites of the day. This is Dory Monson's awesome audio clips of the day. Hey, we'll start with our Vice President Kamala Harris, who thinks that something is super significant. This is my third trip to the Indo-Pacific region as Vice President, and really um, signifies the significance of the relationship between the United States and our allies and partners in this region. Uh, the discussions that we had included, um, in large part, a discussion about the significance of the climate crisis. Mm, all right. It signifies the significance of the significance of the climate crisis. How about this? A Democrat senator, Mark Warner, says that Donald Trump was right about TikTok. Let's start with TikTok. Um, you also have concerns about this, and you're also quoted now as saying, as painful as it is for me to say, if Donald Trump was right, we could have taken action then. That had been a heck of a lot easier than trying to take action in November of 2022. Okay, did Washington simply not listen because they didn't like the messenger then, and what can we do now? Well, I think Donald Trump was right. I mean, TikTok is a enormous threat. TikTok has access to so many of our young people's uh, accounts, and I, you know, Trump said he would think about making TikTok illegal in America, which a lot of people say, oh, you can't do that. It's preemptive, First Amendment. No, no, it's a Chinese company that has used this technology to try to get uh, as deeply embedded with young people as possible. Uh, you know, I think my daughters are on TikTok. I never would. I think the the whole Chinese connection is way too much. All right, now if you, uh, you want to expand your vocabulary, you know I'm into this sort of thing. I like to help you expand your vocabulary. Uh, today's words of the day, Z, spelled X-E, and Fay, spelled F-A-E. Perhaps this person can best explain them to us. I'm gender fluid. Woo, yay. Um, I, for me personally, I never use she. I, ne- I just never feel feminine and not once <laughs> in my life have I felt feminine. And so we just don't know feminine. No, but I, I do fluctuate between like all of the other genders 
And I was just like, woo. Um, I do usually have bracelets, or I put it in my bio, uh, or not bio, my description on the video I'm posting to specify what pronouns I'm feeling that day, and so you can look there. Um, I do use, so the pronouns that I do use are he, they, z, and fey. And so the last two I said are neo-pronouns, and a lot of people don't know how to pronounce them, and it's totally okay. And so I love when people ask, because then I can say. And it's respectful, and they're not being homophobic or transphobic. Okay, and I'm just going to say, if Z likes it, when people like me ask, I'm going to ask Z how to say those things. And it's a vibe. <laughs> and so, the last two, you pronounce the first one, um, Fay Fair, and so it's F-A-E slash F-A-E-R, and you would use that one to be like, oh yeah, can Fay come too? Or, um, oh yeah, their favorite ice cream is vanilla. I don't know, stuff like that. Hmm. Okay, I hope that helps, because I think that Z makes total sense. Okay, I got to get out of here. I am 97% sure I'm going to do the show tomorrow. John Carley and Sherry Elker Show is coming up next. God bless you in these crazy times. And I will see you back here, I think, I'm sure, tomorrow. High noon. Hey, no. Oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. You're really a fantastic audience.